Hey guys, it's Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I'm happy to have Andrea McIntosh on the show today. She's a fledgling or beginning therapist in Ohio. Uh, Andrea, can you introduce yourself and also give them a little bit of information about where they can contact you, either a website or your social media? Sure. My name's Andrea McIntosh. I'm a massage therapist in Salina, Ohio, and I, uh, I try to provide my services to the Grand Lake region and the Bell Fountain area, which would be the peak of Ohio. I have been a therapist since March of 2018, 2019. And you can find me on Facebook at Andrea McIntosh LMT. And I also utilize a free website through AMTA. And you can find that at amtamembers.com forward slash Macintosh Medical Massage. Nice. Andrea, as we've done some of these podcasts, some of the people who've come on have expressed concern that they didn't have a lot to discuss or, you know, they were new. Um, for me, I have a tendency to just sort of want to document the process and talking to people at different stages in their career is really important. It's just as important to interview Eric Dalton and talk about where he's at in stature as it is a fledgling therapist who's like learning their way in the industry and trying to figure out how to make a living. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you got into massage therapy, what was your interest in it, and then like what's been your experience so far since it's been less than a year that you've been working, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, for the longest time, my interest was actually with the hospitality industry. Um, it was always a passion of mine to work in hotels or on cruise ships. And then I graduated high school and life kind of got in the way. And it probably took a few more years before that passion was officially killed. And it helps when you see just how cutthroat a lot of these industries are. Um, sometimes what you really want to do isn't worth the pain and suffering uh, that you know that you're going to go through. So then after a while... I probably just kind of slacked off and then I wanted to go to school to be a history teacher. And after three different colleges, I think I just realized that college wasn't my thing. And one day I was looking, I think it was on Facebook and an ad popped up for the Dayton school of medical massage. And I was at a point in my life where I knew I wasn't going to be employed for much longer and I needed something that I could say was my own. So I gave them a call and they aggressively recruited me and I had no idea what I was doing until the first day of class when they're like, here's all your books. Here's all the science and medical terminology you're going to need. And we don't do any of that fancy frou-frou stuff here but you are going to have to give a ton of relaxation massages before you leave. Fast forward to now and schools can only prepare you for so much. And I think I was underprepared, uh, especially when it comes to the business aspect of the massage industry. Yeah. I probably learned more in the past few months working in Bell Fountain than I did at all. 
um, during the schooling. But I also how, how many hours? How many hours is training in Ohio core curriculum? I think they want minimum seven hundred, but okay. we went through to nine hundred. Nine hundred. Okay. Yeah. Even in core curriculum in Texas, each state is mildly different in how they deal with the number of hours to be able to get your license in that state. Texas is only 500. And the reason I started Massage Entrepreneurs was the fact that I didn't feel like it was even adequate to be able to expect a school to cover the business portion that a therapist might need because they're still working on anatomy, physiology, technique. The business portion is almost like medical school. When you're in medical school, they probably cover a little bit more of like how to run the business, but mostly they're just getting you ready to be a doctor, not run the business of being a doctor. Right. Because for doctors, they get lucky and there's other people to do the business side for them. They go work for a hospital. What do they need to know? They go work for an already established clinic. They've got office managers for that. Yeah. Um, I think massage therapists kind of get the crap end of the sick because we need to know all of it. We have to know what we're doing to the human body and we have to know how to charge for it and how to work our way around taxes, government and laws and God help us, everything else. Yeah. So I know that my interest in massage therapy is it's, it's more medical now. I don't, I don't think I would have it any other way. I want to know what I'm doing to the human body. And I have zero interest in doing the business side of this. But here we are, January 1st of the year. I've got taxes coming up. I don't know what I'm doing. And, yeah, uh, you, get an, you get an accountant. I, I'm, I've been working a long time, and I don't know what I'm doing with the taxes. You get an accountant. I think... <clears throat> There, there are more options now in the massage industry than there have ever been. So you can work for someone else. You can work for a, a facility like Massage Envy. You could work for a chiropractor's office potentially, and you can work for yourself. There are more options. It's just the most income you can make is definitely in private practice or opening your own space, hiring therapists, and sort of scaling out. I think it's impossible to ask anyone to handle all of the different tasks that a business owner would have to run. Um, for some reason, massage therapists in particular, they kind of want to bootstrap, they kind of want to do it themselves, like make their own website, do their own accounting, do their own laundry. And I think that's completely reasonable to a point, but how much time do you save when you're able to afford to outsource your laundry? You're able to get an accountant to handle the taxes you're able to hire a crew to come in and clean the facility. Those sorts of things save the therapist time so you can actually focus on the business building asset aspect. <clears throat> Nobody goes into other businesses and they don't expect, you know, spa owners for the most part, they're not doing their own taxes. They have an accountant. Um, massage therapists and the reason why massage therapists aren't thriving, in my opinion, has very little to do with technique and body work. It has much to do with the fact that they just have to learn how to run a business. That portion, if they know how to do that, makes everything else much easier. Um, for instance, if you're interested in medical work and you want to really want to help people with chronic pain or whatever that may be, 
that's much easier to focus on when the business portion is rock solid. I agree. There's so the clinic that I work for in Bell Bell Fountain, they're called Peak Performance. I work um, with a husband and wife team, the wife whom I graduated from massage school with. And he has been an LMT for 10 plus years. So he's already well established, but the business side of things was always run by her. She does the payroll. She does the the paperwork, the taxes, um, any insurance billing that needs to be done. Uh, She typically does that stuff. Um, They did hire someone to work in office to take care of uh, intake forms, getting clients in and situated or uh, um, entering numbers into the computer, just all that extra paperwork that would probably amount to a good three or four hours a day if they had, if they had to do it themselves. Um, even I'm having a problem keeping up between clients, getting my own paperwork done, entering stuff into my computer. That takes time. And then I still got to go back into the room, set everything up again, get my new client in there, work on them, finish that out, get them properly taken care of at the end of the massage. It's way more complicated than the school made it appear because at least with the school, their clinic is already pre-established. They just have you learning how to do, you know, greet clients, get the, get the soap notes done and then do the work. And then that's it. At no point do they have you actively practicing all the other various aspects of a business that you will inevitably have to do if you want to do your own practice. Um, I I can be critical of therapists. I can be critical of schools. Fundamentally, as an educator who teaches in continuing education, I realized at some point that there just wasn't enough time, at least in Texas, in 500 hours, to be able to give the therapist the information that they needed within that time frame. They're they're very, like... um, limited to that box of like getting them ready to go out and and do the massage. And then also massage schools, I think increasingly are aware the students who are enrolling in massage school, although there are some exceptions, they're increasingly younger. Um, They're like 20, 25 years old, which means a lot of them are trying to escape doing things like fast food. They figure they can work as a massage therapist, make $60 an hour. They don't have a lot of other employment or business experience. And that's a generalization, like a a larger percentage. Years ago, before massage schools took student loans, people were going to massage school as a second career. They were in their 30s or 40s, and they were leaving industry or wherever they worked before to go work as massage therapists. So they already had some background in business. I think we had a healthy mix of that. Um, I saw our class started out at 17 people. By the time we graduated, only three of us graduated on time. Um, My class consisted of a lot of 18, 19 year old students, um, a lot of middle-aged students. I think our oldest was in her forties and she was a nurse and she didn't want to do nursing anymore. She wanted something that she felt passionate about. But in the end, only a few of us ended up graduating and I feel like something along the way could have been done to keep that from happening. But at the same time, I mean, what can you do if life gets in the way or 
it's yeah. not all it's cracked up to be. I think that's what school made it appear is that it wasn't all it was cracked up to be or heaven forbid they put unicorns and rainbows all around all the information. Oh, come be your own boss. Make a hundred thousand dollars in your first year. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and, and I think therapists can do numbers close to that, <clears throat> but it's going to take time and they have to build private practice. It's not the same thing working for, for someone else. Um, if you look at Facebook groups for massage therapists across the board, you'll see the frustration that comes out. I mean, there was a thread on massage entrepreneurs earlier where somebody was, you know, complaining about massage entrepreneurs not providing enough positivity. And it's like there's 14,000 people in this group. It's like America now. Like, not everybody's going to agree. Not everybody's going to be helpful. It's like America. Like, there's a lot of trolls. Like, you're in a situation where the therapist has more options than ever, but they use those options to complain. It's actually easier, I think, in many ways to run your own business and you have more tools, especially because of Google and open access to information. It's just that people just expect everything to be handed over to them. To run your own business, you're going to have to work at it. And for me, just to give you an idea, you know, 10 years ago, I was struggling just trying to figure out how to run my own business. Once I started to figure out the pieces, I started working and continuing education to help therapists understand the rest of it and to teach and train them. The fact that they weren't learning it in core curriculum meant that I could step in as a continuing education provider and provide that assistance. Which I have been watching a lot of the videos that you posted on the, the Reboot Teachable site. Yeah. Uh, I think I probably learned more about social media from you. I don't think we learned anything about it in school. We talked yeah. about social media generally, but not yeah. specifically not what you can do. How, so, old, how old were the school owners, if you don't mind my asking, like an age range? The owner of the Dayton School? Yeah. Or, or the teachers or the owner at the massage school you went to? I don't know anything about the owner. I went to a, I guess you could say a, a satellite campus. So the main campus is in Dayton, Ohio. I went to their Rima branch. The teachers that I had, I had two. I had a massage theory teacher, Jody Best out of Lima. She yeah. has been an LMT for about 10 years. And I think she's in her, it's either late 30s or 40s. Yeah. Really not that old. But yeah. yeah. We'll take just a quick break. Yeah. Hey, y'all. This is Trent Knox, podcast producer for the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. Wanted to say hello to our online viewership. How are you guys doing? Licensed massage therapists and uh our gamer crew out there and um everybody who likes to watch the robert gardner wellness podcast hello thank you for joining us um for those of you who are watching are listening to this on audio thank you for listening to it on audio after on anchor.fm so let's get into this little ad break here robert gardner wellness is currently doing a free trial on the reboot insiders club if you want to take advantage of that free trial, you can go to rgwellness.store slash free trial. There's over 400 hours of video content and accompanying written 
word uh, as it relates to massage therapy, yoga, and business. So go over there and take advantage of that. That's rgwellness.store slash free trial. Back to Andrea and Robert in the studio. Hey, everybody. It's Robert again, and I'm here with Andrea McIntosh. Uh, Andrea, can you tell them where they can contact you again, your website and maybe your social media links? Sure. So my website is amtamembers.com forward slash Macintosh Medical Massage. Uh, best way to get a hold of me is on Facebook um, at Andrea Macintosh LMT. I'm usually always on there, so it's easy to shoot me a message and get an answer pretty quick. So, Andrea, what I was saying was, the, the school owners generally, and you can tell me if this is the case, you might have had multiple teachers in school. Did they age, Did they range in age from like 40 to 60 years old? The school owners, I believe, are probably, you're, you're, we're probably talking 70s. Okay. But then the, the teachers in school who are handling the curriculum are like my age, 40s or older? Yeah. yeah. So I... I found myself in a weird position as a continuing education provider because once I started to look at the business, I took a heavy stance towards social media and figured out that that gave me an inroads. So it's one of the things I've heavily promoted amongst my students and within the massage industry generally. So the people understand massage entrepreneurs before it existed, I completely outstripped the marketing advice that you were getting from Facebook groups. There was no discussion about Facebook Live. There was no discussion about Instagram. There certainly wasn't discussion about TikTok because it didn't exist at that time in that form. It was musically. <clears throat> As I started to understand it, I started to use a lot, utilize it more, and then things diverged. So I'm teaching one thing. Body work is different, and the marketing is different. The school owner said, wait, we don't allow people to film in our school. You know, this is a, this is a liability issue. We don't allow you to produce video with social media. And you realized that an older generation of 50 to 60-year-old educators who own schools are now kind of going, oh, yeah, social media in class without really helping the student understand the changing landscape. <clears throat> These school owners and educators built businesses in the era of the Yellow Pages. They're still teaching the marketing from the Yellow Pages. They don't understand what Instagram is, and they don't care about hashtags. They don't understand how rapidly the technology is transforming the landscape. I think also in a way that hurts their business, <clears throat> as much as affects the students that they're working with. At a certain point, I realized that my income was going to be made filling in the gap. And at 42 right now, what I felt like I was doing for the last eight or so years is I'm trying to grab these millennial therapists who are 20 years old and go, listen, this is what they're not explaining to you in school about Twitter. This is what they're not explaining about digital distribution and the capacity you have to build a brand around a personal brand around you, Andrea, um, to, to make you stand out in the marketplace. That difference is vast, and it only gets larger every day. 
I'm very concerned that businesses, not just in the massage industry, but generally, businesses that do not have a social media presence will become increasingly um, in danger and putting their business at risk. They're increasingly irrelevant if they're not using social media to put out a message. Social media only continues to grow and evolve. Uh, people get frustrated because you know it always changes, but it's just the way the technology is. If people understood how easy it was to be able to gain more clients in a way that almost feels effortless once you feel okay with pushing a button on Facebook Live, their tune would change. But I've worked for years now trying to educate therapists about the power of social media, about the power of um, audio and video production. You know, we're doing a podcast now, for example. People don't really understand the power that it has, and school owners, for some reason, seem to be operating in a context where there's some sort of liability issue, which I think results from the fact that they think people are naked in class, so they go, you know, no, no photo or video production, because there's a liability issue, right? It's easier for them to just lay a blanket rule and say, hey, no, no film production. If I worked in core curriculum... Uh, especially if it wasn't my school, one, I would get fired because they couldn't handle the stuff that I was saying in class or teaching. And two, I would also be getting the students ready for, you know, 2020. I'm getting them ready for a 2020 marketplace, not 1980. I agree. When we were in school, we had two teachers only through the entire course. It was anatomy and physiology and massage theory. And business and marketing was lumped into massage theory. But my problem is, is that after being a professional massage therapist for less than a year, they need one more teacher in there teaching the students how to put themselves out there. I can do a local search for massage therapist near me right now on Google. And what do I find? I find a spa, I find a co-op, and I find a few independent non-business people with just their name and then LMT right after it. And I even found Bartholomew's butt massage. I think someone was pranked, but it's a legit Google listing. So now I've got that. But if I go on my Facebook and you know our phones listen to us, so if we say something and you should see an ad pop up eventually in your newsfeed for what you're looking for. If I try to do that with anybody's phone, my husband's, nothing massage pops up. Yeah. Uh, nothing at all. Um, there's no advertisement, maybe for a local chiropractor, um, but that dude is hitting it 30 minutes away from me, and I now I see nothing but him all around me. So yeah. that's something, that's like a really awesome marketing technique that I would have loved to learn about how to do in school. I would have liked to have been like, hey, I could do that right out of the gates and start getting me some clients building up. And then eventually yeah. I would be cemented as, you know, a local massage therapist that everyone knows. But yeah. I've got nothing near me. I've got a presence in Bell Fountain because they marketed for me. They've already mm -hmm. gotten on my presence. They've got a a store downtown. Everyone knows who they are. They introduced me and now I've got a decent amount of clients there. I've got nothing here. I've got 
two or three ladies that I massage in a salon once a week. Yeah. And that. But you, and that. you know, you start where you are and you build. <clears throat> there are less and less barriers of entry. You know, to, to get you on this podcast was, okay, does she have a phone? Does she have maybe a headset? You know, can she download Skype? And then, you know, Trent is doing the technical portion, but you can very easily just go to Facebook Live, press a button. Go to Twitter Live, press a button. Go to YouTube, press a button. Therapists fundamentally just don't seem to understand what leaving that digital footprint does to their search engine optimization. If, if therapists in school are listening to this, I, I'm not even saying wait until you're done with school. What I would have you do if you can get away with it is either in school or once class is done, every day you go live and you explain to people what you learned that day. Now, it would be much better if when you were in class and you were working on Soleus, if you could set up your phone on a tripod, press a button, and do a five-minute video where you're like, hey, guys, listen, I'm still in massage school. I learned about this muscle Soleus. Let me show you on this anatomy chart right here what it looks like. Okay, uh, a lot of people who are having problems with their feet, uh, it causes tension, you know, and then you show like a quick technique. For the general public, you are now a medical professional. You just talked about some muscle called soleus they've never heard of that's in their legs. You demonstrated a technique. <clears throat> you built connection, rapport, and bond with that person. If you did that, and let's say school takes you a year, what that means is you've gone live every day for a year and let people follow your journey in massage school. The day you have your license... You can go live on all those channels and go, listen, thank you so much for following me. If you're local and you want to get a session, please contact me here and you can get bookings. But that's a long-term game. People have to know you and trust you and like you and all those things before they want to come in and get a session. Social media helps you cross that barrier because geographically, they don't have to be in your area. When, when people in your area see that somebody in New York or somebody in California has liked your post and is following you, they give you more credence. There's more social proof because, well, if people in California are fans, certainly I can go get a session locally. Right. There's um, – yeah, now that you mention it like that way, I wish I would have done that. I really wish I would have thought about doing that. I don't think anyone had the idea to use social media to their advantage like that. Um, I think maybe at the time we were all more concerned with just trying to learn everything. It was a year long course. So they were trying to cram so much stuff down our throats and then we're going to have to try to remember it. And then test after test, after test, after test. I'm not sure I would have even thought about doing social media. I, I probably would have been like, I don't have time for that, but there wouldn't have been anyone there to be like, no, you need to do this. This would be for your benefit. I would have had people, they're saying, you're right, we need to focus on studying. So there's not a whole lot of support. For there's there's multiple, yeah, there, there's multiple layers. So look at it this way. We, we set up this podcast. We're talking with each other live via video and audio. Schools around the United States right now could contact me for free. And I can live stream into their school, <clears throat> just like you and I are. And I can answer students' questions. I can, I can supplement the business portion of their curriculum at a distance. 
Now, how many schools contact me and say, <clears throat> we want you to discuss this stuff to our school? And there's your, your answer. They're, they're dealing with education in a way that they think information has like a set of gatekeepers about it. Like, um, we, we, we're the school, we're the geographic location, we control this information. And I go, eh, not in the internet age, you don't. In fact, in the business sense, I think they're often teaching outdated information. Even though the business and marketing landscape only changes so much, I mean, at its core, it's still just business and marketing. What has happened technologically in the last 10 or so years is rapidly amending the way that <clears throat> marketing and advertising is done. I could, I could add that, you know, and, and basically for free, because that's what I do. When I build connection with massage therapists, those massage therapists are much more likely to take classes with me at some point. I have a vested interest in being known, you know, liked, and wanting people to get more information. Um, schools just aren't thinking about that sort of outreach. Um, so, for instance, you know, why aren't schools getting local practitioners to come in and speak at the schools about what's going on in the marketplace in your community? So you've got somebody. <clears throat> we'll take a quick break. Hey, all it's Trent Knox once again, podcast producer for the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and uh, Mixer. Once again, Robert Gardner Wellness is doing a free trial of the Reboot Insiders Club. If you want to take advantage of that, you can go to rgwellness.store slash free trial and get access to over 400 hours of video content accompanied with written course courses. And we... We'd really love for you to be a part of the Reboot Insiders Club. There's also a Facebook group that you can get involved in and, and see what's happening in the industry and uh, network with other massage therapists around the world, in fact. And um, yeah, it's a great opportunity, over 400 plus hours in the Teachable. Um, and yeah, so if you want to take advantage of that, go to rgwellness.store slash free trial and um, get access. All right, back to Robert and Andrea in the studio. Hey, again, it's Robert, and I'm here with Andrea McIntosh. Again, Andrea, can you tell them where they can contact you? Uh, the best way to contact me will be on Facebook, and you can look me up under Andrea McIntosh, LMT. And you can shoot me a message, and I can respond in a fairly quick manner. Nice. So, as I was saying, I think that... The schools have not kept up with the technological changes, and because our industry is very organic, it's very person-to-person, -person. we're delivering a physical service, touch, and connection with people. I don't think they see Twitter, like, what's, I don't understand, what's the use of Twitter? Like, I need a massage client. Um, from a marketing standpoint, the school owners don't always understand what's happening to that changing technological landscape, so it's obvious that they wouldn't be able to teach it to students. Most of the way that I've won in the marketplace is by a full uh, embrace of social media as far as I could possibly go. And then you just continue to build a presence. You find the clients that want to work with you. Um, I think that schools, you know, see, you know, having me 
go live in their program and deliver a sort of divergent message from their marketing techniques, I think they don't like the input. They don't like the changes. It represents something different. It's a little scary. It's new, much like social media itself. If we start to talk about YouTube, they go, oh, no, this is just this is crazy. This is anarchy. You know, yeah. You know, the teacher that I had for massage, this was her first year teaching. So we got a newbie. That was fun uh, because she learned with us. And ultimately, the curriculum that they gave her had links to some videos they wanted us to view. And I think some of them were on YouTube, but they were crap videos. The majority of them really um, didn't speak to us and they kind of they weren't as detailed as we would like. So she did a search on YouTube and eventually we found a group on there that we would get some of our um, physiology information from because they would show us, they would explain it to us. And for a class full of women, it was good eye candy at the time. So she even went so far as to bring some people. She asked some massage therapists to come in and show us different modalities. Uh, there was our clinic director who came in and showed us time massage. And that was awesome. And it was even better that we already had a connection with this person because she uh, educated us in a clinic sense. Then there was um, one of the people I work for now, he came in to show us cupping and that was great, but we only got two people in. And I feel like if we had more more people come in to tell us more about how their career was going, what made them successful, that would have been a real eye-opener. But it fell on the teacher to find these people. And the schools did. The schools only cared about one thing, retention rate, getting more students in there, and making sure that they were paid. Yeah. For self- Yeah. I mean, we saw more business come out of their mouth than anything else. The face of the school in our area is a pretty young thing that recruits you and ensures that everything paperwork wise is taken care of. We don't see the owner or the anything unless something bad happened. And we saw a lot of the owner because they had a high staff turnover rate. Yeah. What we saw—that was the business aspect that we got. The individual, the individual therapists have more options than ever. Um, massage entrepreneurs is free. There are lots of other Facebook groups where therapists can ask questions, get information. Google and YouTube are your friends. Um, if you're a budding therapist and let's say you're really interested in cupping, do a Google search in your area, find a local cupping expert, and tell them, "Listen, I need to bring you to coffee." Please, I have questions about cupping. I have questions about business building. Can you tell me what your experience is? Interview the people that you want to work with or that you want to emulate and be able to get information from them. Um, You know, I've worked in and around the Austin area for 10 years and I'm working with some apprentices now, but how many massage therapists locally like contact me and try to get information? I can't imagine. Almost none. Because it's it, work. It's like it's additional work. It's it's like, but if you if you, you know, really want to do it, there's nothing stopping you. 
we because we could criticize school or core curriculum or structure and you know this and that and and, and that's fine. I, I'm I'm open to those criticisms myself as a continuing education provider. But in the end, there are no barriers of entry anymore. You have Google, you have YouTube, you have local providers. There are so many avenues for people to get information. Again, I think it's easier than ever for therapists to build their practices. They certainly have more tools available to them. I agree. There's In my area alone, I've thought about and just haven't done it yet, uh, partly because I'm lazy and the other part because I'm so busy. My head can be on backwards and I wouldn't notice. I think one, two... Four, five. There might be five or six massage therapists here in the Salina area. I don't know them. And only one who's out in cold water, so about 10 minutes away from me, has an online presence. I see her post all the time. I see her picture. I recognize her face and her name. I see her. Everyone else, if I drive by, oh, yeah, I forgot they were there. Look at that. Yeah. And that's it. They don't really have an online presence. I've tried. I've looked. I've seen websites that really weren't websites or like me, it was like a generic starting out AMTA website. There's just nothing. The only time I will hear anything about them review wise is if I just happen to be talking to somebody and be like, oh, yeah, I see what's her face down um, on Logan Street. She's awesome. That's it. And the, the fact that there's not a lot available, here's, here's the other side of that equation. When there isn't a lot of competition for that digital real estate, you can buy it. Which means if you start making YouTube videos, if you put up this podcast, if you make Facebook Lives and start skewering that landscape, you're going to show up in searches, which means the people that do search for massage are going to find you, which means it's going to be much, much easier for you to get clients. It's like there's a double-edged sword there where people aren't using it, but you know, it makes it much easier for you to sort of claim that landscape so that you can continue building the practice that you want to build, particularly if it's in private practice, completely solo, which I'm, I'm a big fan of for obvious reasons. But the thing about you building your own business is you get control of your image. You get to control what you post on YouTube, how often you post to YouTube, the information you're giving to clients, the sort of brand that you're building for the local audience. Like most places in America, in my experience, most people just don't really know what massage is. Now, they know, yeah, okay, generally it's on a table and cream, but they don't really know the insides the way you and I do. Right. I've had at least one new client a week who has never had a massage before, and it got to the point where I just looked at them and I go, I don't know what to say anymore. I mean, I can give you the watered down version of what we're going to do and I'll do that. But you know how many times I'll walk back into that room and they're in their skivvies laying on top of the table, on top of the blankets, just laying there like, what do I do again? Yeah. So when you, when you work with those people that have never had a massage before, are those people, are you noticing, are you having a higher rebook rate with people who've never had a massage before? I do believe that they come back. Uh, The reason that they come in is one of two. 
they've either got a gift certificate that somebody bought for them and said, you got to go get this massage because it's a gift. And if you don't, that's just rude. All right. So they come in, never had a massage before, and they're probably in their 40s or 50s. It's a new experience. The other type of new client I get is desperate. I want pain relief. I need to feel better. I don't want to have surgery. I don't want the doctor to keep shoving pills down my throat. And that right there. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I said that right there is it's what I want. That's the group that I want to come into me. I would love to have people who be like, I just want to experience a massage. That's great because I'll find a trouble area and I'll be like, Hey, what'd you do? And they'll be like, Oh, I broke that back in 2006. And it's just not been right since. Oh, well, hi, let me have a chat with you. I'm going to press this spot right here. And then at the end of the massage, they'll be like, I've not felt this good in forever. That's, want those are the people so, i want those those people and here's the thing gary v threw a complete monkey wrench in my life and gary v said something about document don't create and i'm completely honest with you he completely fucked up my world for a few weeks and i sat on that and was like document don't create document don't create like what does that even mean i don't and what it amounted to was it was a very quick Zen cone riddle that Gary delivered. And what it was, was, you know, I was writing workbooks that were structured, that were you were spending time crafting instead of just pressing a button on my phone and showing people what I was already doing. So what you do is, in your case, what I heard was you completely lit up. I was about to tell you to go like, oh, okay, run a discount for people who've never had a massage. And then once you started talking about pain relief, you completely lit up. And I'm like, that's it. That's your target market, pain relief. This is what you got to do. What you do is you figure out, let's say a gentleman has a problem with his shoulder and his rotator cuff. You ask him, listen, would you mind if I turned on my phone to do like a quick Facebook live so I can show some of the shoulder work? I'm going to be talking to the audience for about five minutes about what's going on with your shoulder, but I'm going to keep working on you. What happens is you're documenting what you're doing. You're explaining to the public about shoulder pain. You're educating them about what you do, and you're establishing yourself as a professional, not by creating something new, by simply putting your phone on a tripod and pressing a button. You get started where you are. You document the process. If you do that repeatedly, and now you've got a Facebook video, okay, you download the Facebook video, you upload it to YouTube, now you've got YouTube SEO in your favor. You can put links to you. Anybody who's looking for shoulder pain relief in your area can potentially find you. Now, if you do that hundreds of times, what do you think happens in your local Ohio area? People see, people remember. Way, way more than, than people think. And here's the thing. You didn't have to have extremely high video production. You didn't have to hire a film crew. You didn't have to have your makeup done. You know, it's very much just document where you are and show people, you know, what you're doing. If all you did was go live and just explain musculoskeletal anatomy and say, hey, this is Joe. Joe's having a problem with his shoulder. I'm going to show you really quickly how I'm going to work on this and help him with his shoulder pain. 
people get a lot of uh, value, entertainment, and education out of that. It establishes you as a professional, and it's much easier for you to get regular clients. The other portion of that is if you're working on people who say, I'll use the word social media influencer, but let's say there was a real estate agent in Ohio in your area that was very well known, had a very established real estate presence. You contact them and say, listen, I'll give you a free session if you'll let me stream or live stream pieces of the session because you're not just trying to share it through your social media. You're trying to get the real estate agent to share it to everybody who just bought houses with them. You're trying to get them to share it through their social media. Quick break. Hey, y'all. Once again, it's Trent Knox, podcast producer for the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. Hello, everybody on Facebook over there. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Robert Gardner Wellness is doing a free trial on the Reboot Insiders Club. If you want to take advantage of that, you can go to rgwellness.store slash free trial and get your first 30 days free of the Reboot Insiders Club. Join the Facebook group. Join the Teachable over 400 hours of video content and uh, accompanying written material. So head on over to rgwellness.store slash free trial and take advantage of that free 30-day trial. Back to Andrea and um, Robert in the studio. Hey, guys. It's Robert again. I'm here with Andrea McIntosh. Andrea, can you tell them where they can contact you again, including your website? Uh, best way to contact me is on Facebook. You can search me at Andrea McIntosh, LMT. I also have a website through AMTA. You can go to amtamembers.com forward slash Macintosh Medical Massage. So Andrea, you, much like you know many fledgling therapists, you're getting started. Just go take the bull by the horns. It's not as complicated as people make it out to be. It's actually easier. You know, if you get frustrated, sure, talk to other colleagues, form a sort of support network. Um, that's part of what you're doing with the Reboot Insiders Club. You have me that you can ask questions in the group to be able to assist with things, provide a support network with other therapists who are dealing with some of the same challenges. Um, are there any things that you're dealing with in your business at the moment that you're having a problem with or like a challenge that I could help with? I think right now my Biggest challenge, I don't want to say location, 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 but where people set up. Because I know there's an, there's this lovely debate about people who want to rent a space somewhere, get a room where people can come to, you know, that's professional. And then there's the people yeah. who do it out of their own home. And it's yeah. like... Some people question doing it out of their own homes. Like, that doesn't yep. seem very professional or that's kind of sketchy. Like, Okay. Well, so let's cut right through it because whatever people want to do is what people want to do. What do you want to do? Personally, I want my own place because my my home isn't set up to where I would have a separate room or a separate okay. instance for clients. So, so I have so let's say the lofty vision is you have a great place. I mean, it is 
stellar in an office. It's like amazing. It's going to cost $1,000 a month. I'm just making up numbers, by the way. You don't have to start there. Find a room, an extra room in a chiropractor's office, in a spa, in a hairdresser's studio, something. Negotiate the rent in some way that is workable and then just go. Just do it. Um, You're going to have to have enough clients to cover the rent, of course, and you're going to have to make some income. If you have to, maybe while you're building your private practice, you do work for someone else. I, I, that's what I did, by the way, um, until you get enough clients where you can work completely on your own, just incrementally build, just start where you are, manage the budgets and continue to build. Um, I think that the, the question about professionalism comes up repeatedly, uh, in our industry. And I think there's a lot of flaws and foibles to those conversations. In the end, I'm most interested in helping you create the practice that you want, For some therapists, a home practice is not feasible for a variety of reasons, and I understand and appreciate those, but I absolutely want you to do what you want, and that means being a business person and really just tackling the issue. You know, I love, I I just can't explain to you what it's like when I'm teaching online for $7 a month, free for their first month, and the therapist comes in and is like, I don't understand. This is like blowing my client's minds, and I'm like, yes. Now, how do you feel about your $7 a month investment? And they're like, Robert, I'm making like thousands of extra dollars. And I go, yes, like this is, this is why I teach, you know, like I want to help therapists as much as I want to help clients. I say incrementally take the bull by the horns and just go do it. But don't think that you have to start off at that $1,000 a month facilities. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. The, the one room I rent at a salon near me, it's not big um, and it's not a lot, but it was and still is a place to start. I think just from that point on, like a lot of other new therapists, where do I go from here? What's my next step? What do I do? And I think the answer for me is since I have that secured location, I have to look at getting my face out there, my name out there a little bit more, build up the clientele until I can find a place more close to me um, to where it's just me. You know, it's not in a salon or it's not in a chiropractor's office. I want just me. I've seen the hassle of having other people work under you. I've seen, I know the hassle of working under other people. And I think the best fit is by myself. And unless a therapist knows what they want, they're not going to go anywhere. Most of them are like, oh, I kind of want to do this. Or, well, I guess I could just do that. They settle. They settle yeah. and it's terrible. You, you just slowly, incrementally build. And part of our subscription service is working with therapists incrementally to help them build the practices that they want. The amount that you get out of your practice is proportional to the amount of energy you put into the business and in refining not only your skill and technique in session, but the business acumen that you're dealing with. I am a big fan of private practice in cutting your costs as low as possible to be able to continue helping you build. Um, You know, the reason I say don't go rent that $1,000 a month facility is 
if you're renting a very expensive facility and you don't have clients, it's not going to work out fiscally. It's, it's way too much pressure. Right. There's, aside from the fact that there's really no place around here that I found that could be rented for any feasible reason, even I know that unless I have huge capital starting out and I can guarantee myself that by the end of one year, I know I'll make it for five more years. If I start out at $1,000 a month rent in any posh place, I will fail and it will be a tremendous crash. And I don't want that. And I will, I think that fear is probably what keeps me from going forward. So, well, let's say you work for someone else, you have a reasonable income that allows you to survive, if not thrive. Then you start building private practice and maybe instead of renting a facility, it depends on every therapist and what they're comfortable with. Do you do out calls? Do you travel to people and cut out the rent, at least in the beginning? Do you save up two or three grand so that you've got rent? Let's say the rent's 300 a month. So you've got rent for six months or nine months that's sort of covered now. Now you rent the facility now that you've got some established client base and then you continue to build. I can't give a blanket answer because everybody's situation will be just a little bit different, but I definitely want you to follow your dreams. And I don't want anybody to tell you you can't do it. You just told me that you can't barely find anything when you search for massage. That's not a disadvantage. That's an opportunity. When I saw in my local area in Austin that nobody was doing time massage, and this is like 10, 11 years ago, I just went, oh, well, I just need to start teaching. Like I know it inside now. And what I did was I completely skewered that um, keyword for Austin. If you look up, you know, time massage in Texas, I'm likely to show up much less Austin. And what that is, is that's a whole lot of traffic coming back to me. I want you to do the same, same thing, but I want you to do it in Ohio. Yeah, that's, and that's one thing I do want to do. I think that's the biggest reason why I gravitated towards you. Um, yeah. During that whole phase after graduating school, I'm looking and looking. It's like, I don't want to do regular massage. I was taught how to do Swedish relaxation massage. I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want to do the same thing that everyone else is doing. And then problems started persisting with my own health. It's like, okay, I went through a week where I couldn't even use my right hand while massaging people. Yeah. Well, let's fix that. And that's where you came in and I'm looking at you and I'm like, huh, okay, well, let's just take a look in the area. Not a whole lot of people do what you do. My clinic director from school, she, she does Thai massage. She's good at it. She's good at what she does, but she's also far away from me. So if people a really good time massage therapist and I had to recommend them, I'd be like, well, you can go to her. She's also far away. I'm out here in Salina. She's all the way in Lima. Any local search, I think there might be one other person around here that does time massage. And then I've got one guy at a yoga studio two blocks away from me who does time massage, who I'm still waiting to. I just haven't gone in to see him. And I'd love to talk to him. I'd love to pick his brains. I would love to know where he learned it, how long he's been doing it, what his experience has been like. But I mean, that's, that's it. There's really, 
if I Google searched it for my area, not a lot pops up. Yeah. It's so massage itself. You've already said there's not even a lot that pops up for massage, which is the broadest category. Time massage is even a smaller sub niche. If you walk down the street in any facility, any community in America and said something about time massage, people go, Thai what? You mean like, is it like Tai Chi or whatever? Like they don't know what it is. The public barely knows what massage is. And even then they've got misconstrued ideas about what it is. So that's where us with our phones, pressing a button on Facebook live can go in and educate the public. I think that's a huge part of what we do. And again, you're just documenting that process as you continue to build. And as you've got more money, you can hire the accountant, you can hire the videographer, you can hire the website person, hire the graphic designer, get someone to make your business cards. You know, if you're reaching out into your local community to be able to do something like chair massage, um, if you're interested in doing mat-based work, you could do mat-based work in very much the same way as chair massage. You're just giving away little mini sessions to get people to know you. But here's the thing. Let's say you went to a local yoga studio. Do you have a yoga studio within like 15 minutes driving distance of you? I could walk two minutes that way and be at one. Yeah. So let's say you, you go to the yoga studio and you say, listen, you know, I want to give like a free demonstration and I'm going to give away a little 15 minutes of mat based time massage, you know, in exchange for your, the use of your facility. It's free to your members, whatever they can leave a tip if they want. But in the end, it's like, if you put your phone on a tripod and press live, and then you're actually documenting the process of working on these people, they get a chance to see you do what? Wow. What is she doing? I've never seen that before. That Wow, that looks like that'd be really good for my upper back and neck. Now, what you're doing is you're not just giving away body work. You're giving away body work and connecting with an audience, but you're connecting with a global potential audience online simultaneously. You're getting two pieces of benefit, not just one, just from delivering the work. Yeah, there's the yoga studio that's that way. That is where the guy who does Thai massage is. And then I know I've got at least one or two more within the 15-minute drive of me. I've even thought about going out to the local YMCA to see if maybe they'll let me do stuff in there. They're yep. pretty pretty big on opening their doors for people. Pain. You got to find people who are in pain. Uh, it's, it's so far in the conversation that was what you lit up the most about is like finding people in chronic pain and being able to work on them. I'm going to ask the question that now goes through my brain: Is the guy working at the yoga studio licensed? He is not. Ah, as okay. As I just want to make sure. As far as I could tell, he is not. And I remember even you and I had a conversation about it on Facebook. It's been uh, a month or two. Uh, yeah. Because. You know, your comment was regulations, LOL, fun. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know the regulations concerning time massage in Ohio. Thankfully, somebody else did, and she commented on it, and that was awesome, and I'd love to learn more. But, you know. So can, it, can you practice time massage in Ohio without a license? I believe the answer is yes, you can practice in Ohio without a license. Okay. Um, that's what she said, but it's still one of those things where it's not an easy answer to find online unless you actually yeah. call the school, the medical board and ask. Yeah. But 
I know that it's also a gray area because you have to watch your wording when people look at your services. Don't call it therapeutic. You're kind of crossing the line there, but it's not like most people care. I yeah. think what people. I, I wouldn't. I'm not concerned about it. I don't think it's competition to what you do. It was just to bring that out for people who are listening because, again, the, the regulatory landscape, when I talk about it, people don't understand the complexities involved state to state. It's different everywhere, and that's what makes it so hard to follow. You know, you go on to massage entrepreneurs all the time, and you've got people saying, hey, I'm moving to this state. What's what's the pain in the neck way of getting my license to transfer? What do I got to do to get my license? I worked on a massage therapist several weeks ago who has not been licensed in a few years, and she's like, yeah. I just wanted to get my license renewed. And they said that because I let it expire, I've got to go take the MBLEX now. And I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. All right. So Andrea, listen, it was really great uh, chatting with you. And if you have any questions in the future, feel free to write on the, um, the Facebook group, the Reboot Insiders Club. You know, I'd love to work with you like in an ongoing way. I don't want you to feel like when this podcast is over, we can't still have these sorts of conversations. When I talk to the therapists who are subscribed about the fact that we're trying to skewer interactive online education, I need a hundred, a thousand fledgling massage therapists to come on board and help me completely take over. People don't understand what's at stake here and what it means to our businesses long term when essentially we're networking at a distance and building like a larger digital footprint. So, for instance, the time massage jam, if you take my intro tie class, get ready, you want us to run a time massage jam, I'm kind of pushing that into your community, trying to help bolster your digital presence, your SEO, even helping you with some of the business components in a more like interactive, ongoing way, in addition to what we've got on the subscription service. But if at any time you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. It was really, really great chatting with you. Can you tell people where they can find you again one last time? Yeah, sure. You can find me uh, at amtamembers.com forward slash Macintosh Medical Massage. You can also find me on Facebook and just got to search Andrea Macintosh LMT. Cool. Listen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. It was great uh, talking with you. Yeah, I had a great time. This was a wonderful hour.